You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to Smart Sex, Smart Love. We're talking about sex goes beyond the taboos and talking about love goes beyond the honeymoon. I'm Dr. Joe Court. Thanks for tuning in. Hello and welcome back to Smart Sex, Smart Love. Thank you all for tuning in each week. And if you're new to my podcast, hello and welcome. This week, my guest is host of the 30 Flirty and Thriving podcast, Amber Boone. And we're going to chat about dating rules for realists, not romantics. Amber is a graduate of Central Michigan University, and she has spent the last seven years helping grow the social media presence of many companies like the American Heart Association, Mid-Michigan, and Quick Loans Careers. Last year, Amber, along with her business partner, hosted the first ever Nine to Thrive Women's Empowerment Conference in downtown Detroit. She's a frequent speaker at industry events and has a lot to say on the use of social media, especially dating apps, and what real romance is like today. I'm asking Amber to spill the beans about modern dating expectations, and I'm sure her advice won't disappoint. Welcome, Amber. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so glad you're here and so glad to talk about these things. The first thing I guess I want to say, if we could talk about a minute, is that I'm still shocked that young people, and I'm talking like 18-year-olds, maybe even 16-year-olds, feel embarrassed and shamed about meeting people on social media. I, I know the parents are still doing it, like my age, or maybe younger, are shaming them. Like, what are you doing on social media? Uh, you were on Bumblebee or Grinder or whatever you were on. And I can't believe that even the young people, though, I, I would think by now they would be like, it's no big deal. What do you say to that? Yeah, I think, I mean, there's always going to be some sort of stigma, like, oh, you can't meet someone in real life, or you don't have any game, like, you don't know how to approach a person. I think there's always going to be that stigma, um, particularly for younger people, because there's so many ways for you to meet people in real life. Why would you need to use social or a dating app? I I guess it just shocks me, because I'm thinking that's that would have been true in my generation, but this new generation, so much is online. I, I just feel like I can't believe it, but I, I hear it, and I hear it every day in my office that they, they even say, you know, I, I shouldn't tell people this, but I met her on, on Bumblebee. Like, what's wrong with that? You know, I think, too, that it's not so much that people are concerned or, you know, feel any type of way about meeting someone on social media. I think it's more the dating app thing. Like, no one wants to admit that they were seeking love or date on an app social media can kind of happen because it's a social platform you can get to know people talk maybe you build some sort of connection or you know really like what the person is posting and you finally start it kind of happens organically if you're on an app that means you've made a conscious decision i want to date i want sex i want love and i'm going to go on this app for it i really appreciate this distinction because i always think of social media being the apps but they're not right they're separate no it's separate. Got it. All right. So then why though? Uh, what's wrong? Why, what is the stigma about going on an app? Why is there stigma to that? No, especially these days, nobody wants to admit that they're looking for love. Everybody wants to be really cool and keep their options open and feel like they don't need a person. And so again, it's that admitted thing. Like I am on this app because I want 
something. Wow. Okay. Because I know this is also true in the gay male community. And it, before the apps, it was and still is uh, bathhouses. So bathhouses are places gay guys go. Uh, actually, any man could go. They um, uh, are uh, they undress, they wear a towel around, and they hook up, you know. And some people meet partners that way and date, but they never admit that. It's like a total stigma in the gay male community. Even in 2020, you can't say, I met my partner at a bathhouse. I've never even heard of a bathhouse before. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, they have a straight one here in Detroit. It's called the Schwitz, where it's a night where everybody undresses, walks around in towels, and it's co-ed. Um, and yeah, so, but we have always had them since the seventies, I think, I don't know when they first began, began, but it seems the same way. Like there's, it's almost like erotophobia. Like if I'm looking for sex or looking for love and I find both that I can't admit that to people, like people have like a disgust response somehow. Yeah. I think it's just really, it's just a stupid stigma. It's just, you know, everyone's looking for it all the time, whether they admit it or not, but to be like, I had to go to a bathhouse or I had to download an app to find it. I think it just, it's almost a blow to their ego, like to think that you aren't capable of just getting that organically. I think mm. people want to be proud of the fact that they organically were able to get those, you know, whether it's sex or love or what have you. Even if it's on social media. Yeah, so in, in social media too, I, I don't think there's as much of a stigma. I see a lot of posts about people, particularly these days where, you know, they make jokes about a lot of women get a lot of men in their DMs. And, and a lot of times they go unanswered because there's so much. And so they're, you know, women who found their husbands or the boyfriends on social media will make posts like, you know, maybe you should have answered that DM because me and my boyfriend have met on Facebook. We've been married seven years or whatever it may be. Okay. I think so, it's a little different. And what is social media? Like for listeners um, who aren't savvy to it, what are, what are we talking about? Social media. So we're talking about the platforms you use to, to, to share content on. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, um, YouTube is considered social media, but essentially anything where you use to consume information from, you know, friends and things like that. And anything that you use to post content, post information or ideas with others. Um, you're on there for social purposes, not necessarily for dating purposes. Although Facebook does have a dating component now. I don't know of anyone who actually uses it, but they does have that component now. Yeah. And I, I only know this a little bit because, um, and this is kind of flattering to me. Um, I get guys that, so I'm gay and I get a lot of guys that will uh, DM me or um, actually friend me and then start talking to me. Oh, you're really handsome. Oh, I'd like to go out with you, even though I'm partnered and you know, they don't know all that. They just see all my, my, my face and everything. But I could see that if I were single, um, some of these guys are super handsome and they seem super friendly and nice. That would be a great way to start a relationship. And that's okay, right? People are okay with that. Yeah, people are okay with that. I mean, it definitely happens. Um, and I think, because I think it's just an easy way, like so many people are online, so many people are sharing their ideas and you can get a glimpse of a person's personality through their, or whatever they want you to see, right? through their social media profiles. So I think it's a good opportunity for you to look beyond the look. You know, most dating apps these days are swiping. Your first, you just get an image of a person and you decide right there, that split second based on the image, do I want to know more about them or not? I mean, most people don't even read the bios. They just swipe, 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 swipe. And then they see yes. someone attractive, 
Then they read the bio, maybe. <laughs> and then they initiate that conversation. What do you think about that? Do you have judgment or thoughts about that? No. So I have used dating apps in the past. Initially, I had downloaded, after my divorce, I downloaded Plenty of Fish as kind of like an experiment just to see what it was like and to learn more about the whole experience and process. And it was a little bit overwhelming um, for a woman. I don't want to say just for a woman, but I, I feel like I hear these stories more from women of men are very, very aggressive on there. Um, and it can be an overwhelming experience. Like you go on there to potentially meet someone and your inbox is flooded. You, you don't know how to weed out the good from the bad. And I think when it comes to actually choosing who you speak with on their swiping, it's, it just depends on the person. For someone like me, I, I'm not a big looks person. Um, obviously I have to be attracted to you, but for me, attraction comes more from just your aesthetic. So it comes from like your whole vibe, how you're standing, how you're moving, your mannerisms, your personality, all of that. So I find it uh, dating apps very hard because I can't just swipe left or right. Cause I have no idea. I can't get your vibe from your picture for the most part. I don't have any judgments. I think that for some people, I've had people on 30, 30 and driving who have actually met their spouses on dating apps. So um, I had a girl, one of my very first podcasts, she met, I think on Tinder, she met her husband. She was just looking for a fling. She's like, she, had, she was a mom of a small child. She didn't have a lot of time. She's like, I just need a couple of hours or a couple of times a week to do what I got to do. And that's it. So when they, they first swiped and they first met, that was what they did is they were just hooking up, but it turned into marriage. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. But I have heard what you said. I want to confirm that for my female clients that get on these dating apps, the males are very aggressive and then it does become overwhelming and hard to sort through. I get it. Yes, absolutely. I think people are, um, le- and tell me if I'm wrong, and maybe it's happening more now that we're in quarantine, but I have heard more coaching of people to use the webcam. Some of these uh, apps have webcams so you can actually t- see each other moving or, or film yourself and say, hey, I'm Joe Cord and I want to tell you about myself a little bit. What do you think of that? Yeah. I think the video component is great. I believe, I want to say Hinge has a, a video component to it. I don't think Bumble does yet, um, but Bumble is one of the most popular dating apps. Um, and I think that video component is really important for people, like I said, like me, who I can't just go based off of a picture. I have to see how you move, how you look, your mannerisms, your voice. Oh, my gosh. So funny story. I actually met someone off a dating app. Like when I was first on it, I was just kind of trying it out, trying to meet new people. Uh-huh. Um, and I met someone on a dating app. We had a great conversation through the messaging. You know, from the picture, he was extremely attractive. And I, had, I don't know why. We just, I mean, I, I was a newbie, so I didn't know what I was doing. But I hadn't talked to him on the phone or anything. So when we met, we uh, scheduled to meet up, there was a miscommunication of where we were supposed to meet. So I had to call him. And when he answered the phone, his voice was such a turnoff. <laughs> that yep. I was like, yeah. I just couldn't get past it. So then I'm like, this doesn't need to, this can't even be the same person. There's no way that voice matches that picture. There's no way. And I get to meet him. I'm like, that's him. But the whole time I was like, not only was his voice way off, but man, his intelligence was just not there. It was a very hard dinner to get through. (laughs) That's like a Seinfeld episode. That's super funny. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so my my um, tip is to always make sure you have some sort of phone or video communication with the person <laughs> before you meet them. 
I think that makes so much sense. And I'm hoping that with the positive side of this whole quarantine is that people are forced to do that, right? And they're going to have to be slower. You can't just rush in to meet people, right? I would think, I would hope so. I hope we're all safely, safely dating um, during the quarantine. I, I was kind of like, when I was trying it out, um, I was really antsy, like, let's just meet for coffee real quick. I just want to get it over with. Like, cause if I don't want to keep talking to you, if this ain't worth, if the juice isn't worth the squeeze kind of thing. Yep. So I was one of them people that's initially, that's why I'm meeting the person I hadn't even talked to him on the phone or anything. Um, but I definitely think there is value in getting to know a person over messaging and phone calls and things like that. What I learned from my brief experience on the apps was just that what you think you're getting into versus, you know, on these messages and what the person actually is can be so different. Yeah. I'd rather just meet you and get it over with. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what would you say, um, Amber, are, like what's a social media relationship killer? You talk about that sometimes. Yeah, <clears throat> social media. So I think it's an interesting conversation to have. And I, there's so many people that feel like social media is a relationship killer because, you know, we have so many attractive options at our disposal. So for a lot of people, seeing their partner liking other people's pictures or commenting uh, compliments or emojis and things like that can put a wrench in the relationship um if you feel like your partner is giving special attention or similar attention to what they give you to another person there it brings some insecurity into the relationship even for the most secure individuals i think um a lot of people feel that it's okay to continue conversations that i think would have been considered inappropriate 10 20 30 years ago carry on these conversations with people in their direct messages on Facebook and Instagram and things like that, even though they have a committed partner. And because of that, I think a lot of people, you know, there's a stigma that Facebook or social media can kill relationships. I definitely think that it, I definitely think that it adds some, a little bit a different dynamic to relationships and how to communicate and how to build trust and insecurity through this digital age. Okay, that makes sense. And and I guess I was thinking too, what what would someone do that would kill the opportunity for a relationship on social media? Like what are some things to avoid doing? Oh my goodness. Well, you gotta think there's so many things you can do. Honestly, being overly political. Mm. That's a touchy subject. Anything that's controversial is going to be touchy on social media. I think about it like social media, it could ruin potential dating or partnerships. It can ruin job opportunities. It can ruin college applications. Social media can ruin a lot for you based on what you post. If you are, um, if you've got pictures with a bunch of different men or a bunch of different women all the time that that might be towards someone who maybe was interested in you thinking like oh they're a player so mm. i'm not gonna even deal with them or if they're overly political and um maybe you guys have different political views that could be a, a, a killer before the relationship even starts um and posting posting anything derogatory there have been people that i followed on social i have a large social network following friends things like that and there have been people that i i like their content i like what they post everything and then 
they'll throw me for a loop with like something really misogynistic or really degrading. And I'm just like, unfollow. (laughs) So those things, sometimes we use social media as our personal diary. So if we're feeling something really intensely, we go to Facebook to vent or we go to Instagram to vent and or Snapchat or whatever your social media, Twitter, social media preference of choices. Um, and in those moments, I think those are private moments that don't necessarily need to be shared with people um, who don't know you, who don't understand the context, who don't understand kind of maybe how you work and can make judgments based on that. And, and that could cost you a potential relationship mm. or job or whatever. I've had some clients who are turned off by seeing in social media or even on dating apps, a guy's holding up dead animals that they killed. Um, is that yeah, absolutely. Thing? <laughs> right? But that's the thing. But that's somebody that if you met in real life and you had maybe a first date with and they were like, oh, yeah, you know, I hunt. Then if you're not, if you don't like that, you're going to probably be turned off during that conversation. However, the benefit of having that conversation on a date is that you get to learn so many other things about them that might kind of balance that out to where you're like, well, maybe we could figure this out. You know, like maybe it's not that bad. They have a reason why they hunt or whatever the case may be. But if you're just seeing a picture of someone holding up a dead animal, like and you have no context behind it, or you you don't know this person's personality, backstory, anything, it could be a complete turn off. I love this because you say dating is about getting to know someone outside your smartphone screen. Focus less, less on whether this person is your next great love and more on simply acquainting yourself with them as a person. I love that. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. that's the only way. Go ahead. A- absolutely. No, I, I mean, I think that that's what it boils down to. I, I, I have a love-hate relationship with the digital age. Like, obviously, I've been working in social media for a long time. I understand the benefits of it and the value of it. Um, but at the same time, as, as a person, I value deeper connections. So for me, the, the digital age, the, the surfaceness of social, of dating apps is really hard for me to, to deal with because um, I don't, I don't think you can really get to know a person based on a couple of pictures or based on some messaging back and forth or based on the content they put out. I do social media for a living. So I know that everything I post and put out is strategic. There's a reason behind it. So people think that they know me. They have no idea. It's like, I strategically put this content out. You might like it. That's great. That's the plan. That's how I do it. But that doesn't mean that you can accurately assess me as a human being. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, all right. What else I want to ask you? So let's say, okay, so you met that guy and you didn't like his voice and it was a pain. You didn't like his intelligence level and it was a painful dinner. I mean, I don't know why, by the way, I don't know why they don't make coffee table books or just uh, maybe they do have podcasts where just bad dating stories. I think they're totally funny. I have so many in my twenties. I could tell you so many bad dating stories, but like, so let's say it happens and you want to end it tactfully or you want to say, you know, this isn't good. Uh, this isn't going to go. I'm not into you. Like, how do you do that these days? Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I haven't. I think that unless it's, unless they're just incredibly rude or something that you just cannot get over. I always love to see what I can learn from a person. So I try to stick it out. If we committed to dinner, then it's like, okay, let's get through the dinner. And then when dinner is over, rather than saying like, Hey, I'll call you later or, 
you know, do you want to go do something else? It's just kind of like, wow, that was fun. It was so good to meet you. Thank you. And that's it. Like, just tactfully, thank you for what we had. It was great. Bye. Now, let's say they don't get the hint and they call you back several times. Then how do you tactfully say I'm not interested? So my thing is like, and I've had to do this where I'm just like, I think you were, I mean, I was just telling the truth, but ultimately the closing statement is I don't think there's a, like a, a love connection. I would love to be your friend. If I, if I do think they're cool as a friend, I'll say, I would love to be your friend. We can, you know, talk sometimes. Maybe I can help you get a date or whatever, but this isn't a love connection. Um, and I have, I have no problem saying that. I just think that if we met on a dating app, especially like we know what we was there for, this ain't it. So thank you. <laughs> Got it. I think a lot of people find it so much easier to just ghost people. And it's so frustrating. I hear so many people talking about, you know, being ghosted and how this person just stopped responding to them. It's easy to do, though. I know. It's really easy to do, especially because the communication is so informal and so inconsistent. Um, there have been people maybe that I met on a dating app, you know, two years ago or three years ago when I when I was trying it out that will just pop up out of nowhere and mess with me some eyeballs or like a WID. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I haven't even talked to you in two years. What do you mean eyeballs? What does that even mean? Yes. Right. Right. I totally get it. One time I said to a friend of mine, uh, why don't you just say to the girl, to the woman that you're dating, she, he was just not into her. He's like, so, you know, I really liked you. I don't feel the chemistry and I wish you luck on your search. And um, I thought that was very nice and neutral and pleasant. And she was like, she responded, Fuck you, my good luck on my search, you asshole. She went crazy. So, and then he said that was bad advice, but I don't think it was bad advice. I don't think you can anticipate how someone's reaction is going to be. Do you? Can you? No, I mean, you can try to gauge that, but you're, you're not responsible for someone else's reaction either. I think, like, but ultimately, I would avoid saying, I'm just not in that into you. You don't want to make it about them because that can be hurtful and people can take that offensively. And that's yeah. why my statement is just, there's, this, there's just not a love connection. It's not you, it's not me, it's just that thing that needs to be here isn't here. Yes. That way no one has to take the blame. I haven't had anyone freak out on me over that, so, so far yes. so good. Oh, I love it. And then in these days, can you tell me who pays? <clears throat> yeah, so I think, but, uh, I don't mind paying um, for dates. I, but if a man off, you know, off that says, I'm not paying for anything, because I think a man, and particularly in Detroit, there's this, there's a stereotype or this stigma, or this, this conception that women are kind of gold diggers in Detroit, and they just really want men to pay for their meals, they want men to pay for this, pay for that, that is the feedback I've gotten from people on the podcast and people I've dated, like, just like, oh, yeah, like, women always want you to pay for everything. So for me, that's never been me. I don't mind paying for a date, first date, second date, whatever. But if a man off off the bat says, I'm not paying for anything, or like, you're not getting for something, that's a turn off. Don't come off with your preconceived notions about women and paying for stuff and all of that and, and, and say it like that. You know, mm -hmm. if you want, if you really don't want to pay for it, then I think that's the conversation. Like, um, maybe we should meet up for coffee, just uh, Dutch, what's it called? Double dip or whatever. When you each pay for your own, I forgot what it's called. Oh, Dutch treat. Like Dutch, Dutch treat. Dutch, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dutch treat. 
something like say something like that, but just to say I'm not paying for it is is a complete turn off. Even if you were a great guy, great catch, great whatever, that is gonna turn me off. And I'm not gonna want to go with you. Not because I don't not because I'm not paying for it, I would totally pay for it, but your attitude sucks. <laughs> I totally agree. What would you say as we're coming to an end that you I didn't ask you about that you want to make sure listeners know about your work? So just to give everyone a little bit of background of, of 30, 40 and thriving, the podcast, the brand 30, 30 and thriving, um, kind of derived out of me getting divorced for a second time. Um, and tapping into that adult womanhood and feeling the feeling okay to be sexy, feeling okay to be powerful, feeling okay to be sexy and powerful at the same time, and really just thriving personally and professionally. And so the podcast, I invite people on and provide a platform for people to talk about their entrepreneurial endeavors. I work a lot with musicians and giving them an opportunity to showcase their talent and their music. Um, I actually just started managing a Michigan-based artist by the name of IMYP last October. Um, and, and I'm hugely, hugely fascinated with music. So that's a big part of the podcast. And essentially just giving hope for those to, who, who don't necessarily like the mundane waking up, going to work coming home, doing dinner, going to sleep, repeating the next day. But people who really want to get the most out of life. So that's what the podcast is all about. Um, I've had kind of a, a crazy, I've been married almost half my life and I've been in dating the last couple of years. Um, but where most people get that experience in their like early 20s, I didn't get until my 30s and there was so much for me to learn. And so I just soaked everything up. And that's why I said, like, I love having conversations on a podcast, even going on dates. I get to learn all of these new stuff that I should have learned, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's essentially what 30, 30 and thriving is all about. All right. And where can they find you on, on the internet? Yeah. So you can find me everywhere. 30, 30 and thriving. If you look it up, uh, I'm on all the podcast streaming for like, uh, Google Play and Apple Podcasts and um, Spotify and SoundCloud and all of that. I have a website, thebestamber.com. Also on social media, you can find me, Amber Boone, or the best Amber, T-H-E-E, best Amber. I'm on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and everything. Thank you so much, Amber. This has been so enlightening. I really appreciate it. And I want to um, also thank everyone who's been listening and to not forget to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dr. Joe Court. And please rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast. Until next week, thank goodbye, everyone. And thank you, Amber. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Smart Sex, Smart Love. I'm Dr. Joe Court, and you can find me on JoeCourt.com. That's J-O-E-K-O-R-T.com. See you next time.